Hello, everybody, indeed. Welcome to the Animation Podcast. This is episode 331. I'm Jero, joined by Steve. What is up? And Amro. Yo, yo. Sorry that we have been uh, not as frequent with the podcast in the past while. This is the first one we've done since our spring uh, or even winter 2023 anime preview. And uh, unfortunately, there are some shows like Near Automata, uh, Kubo the Invisible, and some other stuff that that have gotten some delays due to COVID. I believe when we recorded the preview, that was episode three of Near Automata, and they're just getting back to releasing episodes this week. Um, yeah. So it has been a little while. It's, um, been, it's been quite a quite a few shows that have been delayed due to COVID reasons. I, I think even um, <clears throat> like there's still new ones <laughs> that are getting announced, like. Uh, uh, what was it called? The the Misfit at the Demon Academy season two. It, it's to the point where like I kind of almost don't want to watch anything for mm-hmm. fear of it getting delayed. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should almost be a change in the industry now that we should really wait till the show is finished before actually putting it on, you know, airing it, streaming it, or whatever. Because I feel like it loses so much steam. You know, especially in a series like you know it's twelve episodes, right? It's not like Boruto or One Piece where you know, it's going to be going on for hundreds of episodes, right? Mm-hmm. But for a short show to hit, like, a huge delay, it really kills the momentum and the vibe of the series. And I feel like <laughs> almost most shows just don't... It's hard to recover at times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we're, we're over here still waiting for uh, 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 Uncle from Another World. To yeah. <laughs> Uncle, I know. That, that got delayed twice. Mm-hmm. So, show. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. And to your point, Amro, about, like, not watching stuff, like... I've actually set aside a bunch of shows because it, like Near Automata was getting delayed and stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm going to use this time to watch other anime. And then a lot of video game stuff came out that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also a good thing, Steve, you talking about production, like Mob Psycho when that season came out. It was fully produced before mm-hmm. an episode had released. So they would have been able to avoid a situation like what we're seeing this season with a lot of shows and uh, yeah. the COVID situation. Really, really feel like that should be the standard from now on because, again, you're just going to lose viewership at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we are back with episode 331. So on this episode, we have a lot of game and anime stuff and uh, TV stuff to talk about. We're going to start. I'm going to talk about Hi-Fi Rush. And then Amro is going to talk about V8 Rhythm Final Bar Line. And then Steve and I will talk a little bit about Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Amro saw the Kaguya-sama movie. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll close off with a review of the first five episodes of The Last of Us, the TV series. Uh, so let's get into it with Hi-Fi Rush. This is a game that's available on Xbox and PC. It, I played it as a part of Game Pass. <clears throat> and I got really interested in it because I saw videos showcasing some of the animation and stuff in it and it looked really fun and then I, I started playing the action and it's a action game that uses musical rhythm timing to maximize effectiveness of your combos and, and all that and there's all these little indicators in of course the music and in the world that kind of helps you time your attacks to the beat so that you can maximize like your effectiveness and stuff and your max and get high scores you don't have to be perfect in order to enjoy 
the combat of the game because there are some levels early on where I was getting like D ranks for timing and stuff. I was pretty bad, but you know, I'm still having fun like mashing buttons and hitting the combos and stuff and uh playing as as Chai, who's like the main character. Um so the story of him and all of the other characters that are in his group, like Peppermint and uh Macaron, for example, they're taking on this evil corporation that's looking to control human minds, kind of typical stuff. But, you know, the action, um, the humor in the game is very fun. And <clears throat> I've had a lot of fun playing it. And I'm in the post-game stuff now where, you know, it's one of those things where you're playing for the initial run and you see all these areas that you can't get to. But once you unlock certain things, you'll be able to get to it later. And there's an additional story element. And I also love that once you beat the game, you get a full customization option for your character and each of the supporting cast, all these different outfits that you can buy for them. And it's cool that it's not microtransaction stuff that you would pay extra for. You know, you just play the game, get your gears, and then you can buy whatever costume for Peppermint or Macaron, for example. So Hi-Fi Rush has been a lot of fun. I'm still playing a little bit before this new Destiny expansion comes out, and it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a game I was very interested in. Um, It was just kind of one of those games where I was like, I want to play it, but, you know, I know Hogwarts is coming out, so I kind of put it on my back burner. Uh, Definitely one, though, I'm very kind of excited to kind of jump into later. So uh, especially now that... uh, uh, Jedi uh, Survivor has been delayed. I feel like I could probably squeeze this in between the two games. So definitely right. looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love um, they have some licensed music in the mm-hmm. game. So not every level, but there are some like, you know, key moments where you'll hear like uh, the Black Keys Lonely Boy is like one of the openers in the game. And Nine Inch Nails has a song or two in there. So they're, the licensed stuff is implemented well into uh you know certain battles and certain segments of the story um so that's pretty cool yeah just the just the general like the animation stuff is really cool if you watch like just like some cut scenes or some clips on youtube i'm sure you'll be curious enough to go play the game and it's super fun yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say is that i've, I've been getting it, uh, <clears throat> clips of it in my recommendations on youtube and it's it's the game that finally has me jealous of Xbox owners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amron, you're next up. Uh, the, how do you pronounce that? Is it Fiat Rhythm? Theater Rhythm? I think it's Theater Rhythm. Theater Rhythm, okay. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that so makes sense. So, so Theater Rhythm, uh, Final Bar Line. So this is uh, basically the, the Final Fantasy... Uh, series rhythm game rhythm music game so as as you would expect it has uh, a lot of songs from all across the franchise uh has a lot a lot of songs um I'm, i've been playing through uh you know quite a bit of it and still haven't hit all of them obviously <laughs> but um what, what's interesting about it is that uh you know this is a series that's been kind of going on for a while now it started out on the the ds uh and the 3ds and I never really, you know, played those games. Um, but when it finally came to console, I was like, okay, uh, this now it's kind of got my interest a little bit more. 
Um, and what's interesting about it is that it, the move to console has allowed them to kind of make it a little bit more uh, technical and, you know, more skill-based. So uh, it has more uh, inputs that, that you can do on a, you know, when you're using a controller as opposed to a touchscreen. Right. And, and so it's got, you know, multiple difficulty settings. Um, I've mainly been playing on, like, the, the expert mode, which is really, like, it, it sounds like it's hard, but it's actually, like, the second setting. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's beginner, expert, uh, ultimate, and then I think it goes to, like, you know, like, super crazy ultra mode. Um, and, and that mode, it, it only applies to certain songs. So, like, there's some songs that don't even go to that highest difficulty setting. But I've tried playing on the third level and and i'm still not good enough to even remotely touch it so um but what, what's what's actually really cool about it is that you know final fantasy being a uh rpg series theater rhythm has actually applied like rpg mechanics to a rhythm game so you can form your own party um and they they gain levels and stuff as they uh so like when you're playing the song they will be fighting enemies on screen so you're you're not directly controlling them, but like how well they do and how much damage they do depends on how uh, well you hit the button prompts like to the rhythm, right? Mm. So like if you if you break your chain, they take damage. Um, if you get enough perfect scores, you know hits in a certain amount of time, they'll uh, you know use attacks or techniques and stuff. So like they can heal themselves or cure status elements. So it, it, it has this really cool RPG mechanic that, you know, incentivizes you to, you know, kind of like play <laughs> songs over again to try to clear quests and stuff. Mm. Um, so they'll have like specific objectives like, you know, make it to the end and defeat the boss at the end of the stage or whatever. Or, you know, beat it without uh, breaking the chain or, you know, things like that. So if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, I highly recommend it uh, because it has like seriously... Uh, from every game in the series, it has songs. I'm talking even like obscure mobile games that nobody played, <laughs> mm. uh, like Record Keeper. Uh, uh, but there's also like if you get the digital deluxe edition, there's like a season pass, you know, th that's attached to it. You can also buy it separately. But uh, they're gonna update it with more songs from other games like Live Alive and uh, the Near series um, eventually. So. Oh. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the near songs because that that game you know those that game series has really great music, mm -hmm. um, but yeah I've been I've been having a blast with it. Uh, basically, it, I I was I kind of downloaded it on a whim. It was like I'll play this for a little bit, and then I completely stopped playing Jedi. <laughs> <Fallen> <laughs> I've been obsessed with it, uh, but but I'm definitely going to go back to that eventually in time for the sequel. So, so you were talking about the RPG element of it a little bit. Do you have like a, mm -hmm. multiple characters that you can choose that might make fighting the boss on the level easier and any component of gameplay easier yeah so um you have the the way the campaign kind of breaks down is that you select a series uh so like let's say i started with final fantasy 7 because that's my favorite one right um so you unlock that one and then you get the party members from that game as as playable units so you make your you make your your party uh, you play a, a, a music, a soundtrack, and you earn experience and stuff. So the, the different units also have, like, different roles. So, like, Aerith is a healer. Uh, Cloud's an attacker. Uh, Barret's a tank. Uh, so they have different skills that they learn 
and you can customize it before battle. So, so yeah, it's you know, it's like Cloud does uh, wind damage, Lightning from Final Fantasy Thirteen does you know electric damage, uh, Squall does like uh, uh, Blizzard, you know, ice damage. So like different enemies will have different weaknesses. So you are incentivized to actually like plan what your party is and stuff like that. So. It's just a it's just a neat little element that you wouldn't consider for like a rhythm game. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll have to give that a look then too because I I didn't I never really paid any kind of attention to it. and now knowing that there's going to be some near songs there. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. Next up is Hogwarts Legacy. Um I haven't been able to play a lot of it, but I've played some. So uh how about Steve you start off with some impressions how much you've you've been playing and what do you think about it so far yeah i've put a quite a lot of hours into the game already um it's been out for about a week uh i've played about uh, i don't know um i guess i've played about <laughs> about 15 16 hours so not not like a huge amount i guess to some people but for my old age it's uh definitely quite a lot so um it's it is definitely a very uh how do i put it 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 is definitely very much a game where if you are a hogwarts if you love harry potter and you really love their world then this game is going to be amazing um if you are someone who's like you know what i think harry potter's cool and all but like it's definitely not like a super fan or anything and i think this game definitely kind of has its drawbacks um as someone who really does love Harry Potter, um, I've only now admittingly I've only really read one of the books. Um, I read the first book. I was gonna read the other ones, and then I was like, I "Ain't got time for this shit." Hmm. Um, so I ended up mostly just watching the movies, and I've watched the movies a bunch of times. And I will say that I own them all. I love. I, I really love Harry Potter. Um, so I was pretty ecstatic to get into it and explore the world, and I think that's where being a fan of harry potter you really it's so easy to embrace this game because it's like just exploring hogwarts being able to explore you know hogsmeade and all the other places around it it's just it's so cool and i think that's where kind of the biggest like you gotta love it for this right because if you're really into exploring the world and kind of understanding Harry Potter, you really get you get the most out of it. I mean, one thing I really loved doing was just exploring Hogwarts. I might be wrong on this, but Hogwarts probably is like the biggest kind of open world, like single unit building in video games, right? Because it's just, there is like... You could take something like, I guess, something similar would be like, you know, having like the ball for, for one of the Dead Rising games. But like, it's just so massive of a complex. Mm-hmm. You can just find so many, you know, different corridors, so many different uh, like hidden tricks. You know, it's just, you could really spend hours just exploring this one building. And that doesn't include the rest of the, you know, the rest of the, the map, which admittingly I would say is a little bit weak. Because pretty much if you're outside of Hogwarts, you're pretty much, you know, small little towns <laughs> and caves um, right. and destroyed castles. So, but Hogwarts itself really, you know, that's where the shines. You know, being able to run and explore through Hogwarts is very much, it's fun. And again, I've, I've really, I've spent 
I, I was one night I pretty much just spent like two or three hours just exploring Hogwarts, collecting shit, you know, finding different little, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, like all the field like guides and get field guides. There's like puzzle rooms. I, you haven't gotten there yet. Um, I'm assuming, um, but they're like puzzle rooms as well. So you can get, you can kind of like do these like block puzzles. Um, it's just, there, there's so much to explore that it's just, it is crazy. So really, that's that's the name of the game. You got to like exploring. Um, and the other thing I really like about this game is it's it's not like Dark Souls level, but like it really doesn't explain a whole lot to you, right? You get oftentimes you'll get on these quests and you'll be doing these things and you'll run into something and you won't know what should I be doing and it doesn't really take time to explain it. You just have to figure it out. And I, I kind of like that because it really does give you a little more of a challenge. It's not like, you know, uh, God of War where it's like, all right, let's have your guy explain it to you a million times how to do this puzzle. Oftentimes it really is, you know, hey, here's this weird puzzle. You figure it out. Because, like, for instance, one of the biggest ones was these doors. So in Hogwarts, you run across these doors and you click on them and then it gives you like this numbers and pictures and you have to select the right pictures and you really have no idea what you're doing. And it wasn't until I was just running around and I found like a notebook next to like one of the doors in like a northern <laughs> wing or like an upper wing area. And it was like, oh, hey, here's the guide. Here's how you figure out these doors. Mm -hmm. And so like I had to like sit there and, and once I figured that out, I Googled it. <laughs> it was like, hey. Like I'm, I'm not going to remember these numbers and yeah, pictures. Zero for nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like googled it and got a picture of it. I probably could have just snapped it with my phone or something, but it was kind of cool because it's like I had no idea how to do these doors. And I, I mean, again, you could have searched online probably to find out how to do them. Um, I usually try not to do that until I get like super stuck on a puzzle and I'm like, I've got zero idea where to go. And that hasn't happened with Hogwarts. Um, legacy and there have been a few puzzles where like i got no idea what i'm going to do i'm just going to figure it out later um but i do like that aspect so it doesn't really coddle you too much um mm -hmm. another cool thing too is like learning spells and things um like you can learn them in whatever order you want have like well there's a few of them you get naturally but there's other ones that are like learn it if you do this or you know go to this class so um pretty interesting i do like that a lot so mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, exploration is kind of the name of the game for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the the open world formula is you know, tried and true over the past mm -hmm. fifteen plus years or so. That you know, it it's great how they implemented the Hogwarts in the Harry Potter world yeah. into an open world game, which is really enjoyable and does it doesn't need those characters to be enjoyable or something. Um, you just mm -hmm. kind of have like. Like the school is a popular thing, as you're saying. Yeah. Hogwarts is so massive, and and there's so many classes that you go to. There's so many places you can explore within Hogwarts, and so yep. many people that you can talk to. All the different houses. Um, what house did you get? I, I just picked took Hufflepuff because I picked oh. loyalty. Wow, I picked Hufflepuff as well. My reasoning is uh, much stupider. Um. I don't know, like maybe a long time ago, I took the what, what, uh, what's, uh, what, what, uh, oh, what, uh, 
yeah, what's what class or group what you class are you with. in? Yeah. And it was like an online test thing, and it told me where where I was, and it said I was a Hufflepuff. I was like, I feel like I'm more of a Ravenclaw because Ravenclaws are known for being kind of like snarky assholes. But I was like, you know what? I'll take it. I'm a Hufflepuff. So when it got to let me pick my class this time around, I was like, I'll take Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and it seems like there's very minor differences, but there's nothing like in the overall story. Um, the the main thing, I guess, would be like your common there's, quarters. There, there's pretty much the only differences from what I understand is one quest, and then you're basically your quarters. Like you, you when you play the game, you become friends with people in in you know Slytherin and. And Ravenclaw, and and you know you, you meet them all, so you become friends with everyone. So there's no real like, oh, you're gonna miss one thing or another. But you do have one quest in each, um, in each uh, different whichever one, whichever you know one you pick that's mm-hmm. unique to that. But it doesn't affect the overall story. For for Hufflepuff, uh, you get to go to uh, Azkaban and visit Azkaban. It's a really short Azkaban trip. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like this cool little Askapan moment um, that the other ones don't have. So it's it is nice. Um, it's nice to see that there's like there are slight differences. I wish it would be more incentive to play it more if other ones had bigger changes. Um, yeah. Plus, I will <laughs> say as well, like there are definitely like things like I think you have to play literally all four and unique quests to get the platinum trophy right right so that's like means you have to put like six or seven hours into the game you know each time because <laughs> i think that's about how long it takes to get to the unique quest um so that's a little ridiculous and i wish it, it would almost be cooler if there were more like oh hey you're a hufflepuff therefore you have these more options or you're right. you know because then it would give you more replayability mm-hmm. um yeah more reason to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, you want the platinum. So you gotta play mm-hmm. play it again and pick the yeah. Gryffindor and all that. Yeah. Um uh, Go ahead. Uh no. Uh one one other thing I was gonna say though, um combat wise, I was gonna get into the combat. Um, I really enjoy the combat in this game. Because it is, you know, all wizardry stuff. I mean, to be fair, I think it's like it's nothing super unique um like it's not like you're oh i've never seen this before but like it is you know most i would say kind of like these open world games you tend to play you know maybe you're using a gun or you're using like a sword and magic like combination right very i don't i can't think of one game where other than like um i guess the more recent what tokyo uh was it like tokyo something or another where you know, you're doing all ghosts and stuff where it was just so low magic. And I really like that about this game is where it's like, you really have to like, you get these little magic tricks and you get to do, you know, different spells and stuff. Um, and they all do different things. I will say I'm a little disappointed in the power level. Cause it really ends up becoming, I use these four 90% of the time. Um, but it is, you know, at least gives you variety in how you mm-hmm. kind of tackle things. And it does at least let you pick your four. Like you, you can, you get a wheel, you get like a whole wheel of like, you can, you can basically have it save up to uh, 16 different spells to cycle through. Um, but at least when I, I got it, I'm not sure, did you get on PC or 
PS5. PS5. So I got it on PS5 as well. Trying to switch mid-combat to a different wheel to select from, it feels so clunky, and I feel like I'm like fumbling around half the time. Yeah. So I, I will say that that aspect of the game is a little disappointing, because I wish it would be easier to... Maybe maybe you didn't have to hold R1 because half the time I'm like, all right, let me press right on the thick uh, R2, whatever it is. Right. The, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I wish, like, because half the time I'm like pressing it and trying to, you know, use the thumbs, the, the arrow D pad quickly. I'm just, again, I feel like I'm fumbling it. Maybe it's just me getting old, <laughs> but I wish there was like an easier way. Because, like, you know, even like God of War or, or Jedi Survivor, you're just pressing, you know, up, down, left, or right, right? to change the weapon mm-hmm. um, yeah. to like a different weapon. So that feels way more natural than having to hold something and then press something to get a whole bunch of new spells. Right. I don't know. That's just me though. Yeah. It feels like they, they ran out of buttons and they came up with the, uh, the talent wheel. And one thing I don't like about that is you spend a talent point to unlock an extra slot of four to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they should have just given that to you right away because it would be so much easier to com- compartmentalize. Okay, when I'm in the room of requirement, I'll use this wheel to do all of my altering and stuff if I want to change yeah. my my home base. And when I'm going out on combat, here's my all all of these combat spells and stuff. Here's my invisibility section and repairo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would have been would have been nicer. I, I do like the use of. Uh, the pressure sensitive trigger for like the, the tapping to do the common attacks and then holding R2 to, to use all of the special Levioso and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That I do (laughs) like as well. Um, That's pretty interesting. Um, Another thing I'll note about the combat um, since we're on it, does the game feel easy to you? I don't know how far you've gotten into it. Um, I did run into a hilarious bug where a boss just literally stood still. <laughs> um, and I was like, am I, did my game freeze? And I was just like poking him and he was like, not moving, running up to him, not moving. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I just killed it. Um, but it, the game felt so easy to me that I jumped it up to hard and I still don't feel like I'm struggling in combat at all. Oh, yeah. So, um, what I've played, like the most combat heavy stuff was the Jackdaw quest. And a lot of enemies, they they don't really move fast enough to make me feel like, oh man, they're, they're closing the distance on me and I gotta mm-hmm. be, uh, be selective with my spells so that I can defeat them. Um, also, like in, also in the training that you do, um, your your shield is pretty strong and you can make yeah. it even stronger like uh, when you hit stupefy it'll cast curse on enemies also as you upgrade through the dark arts so mm-hmm. that that is pretty strong and yeah I, I don't feel too um i don't feel like i'm struggling that much in combat it, it, it the the loop is fun of it but yeah. it's not difficult yeah and that's that's my complaint is like I have it on hard. I wish it would feel challenging, but when it was, again, when it was on easy, I was literally just rolling through it or normal. I mean, it was just rolling through enemies. It was like, literally like I run up, I ran up to a a, huge amount of spiders and I basically all killed them without 
without even dodging or countering a single attack because I was just so strong and just like, all right, I raised them all up. I brought them all to me. I used a blast attack. I, you know, it's just like everything was just so quick and easy for me that I was just like, eh. Mm-hmm. So I will say um, the other kind of, since we're kind of talking about negative things about this game, and this is one of the reasons why I say, if you're like, if you're not a Harry Potter fan, this is one of the weaker part. I think the story just, it's not a bad story, um, but it, it doesn't really feel super epic. I don't know about you and how you kind of feel about it, but like, it just feels like, oh yeah, there's these goblins and they're like wanting to take over things. Mm. And it's just like, it just, it feels like <clears throat> it, it really feels like a side adventure almost. Yeah. Like there doesn't feel like there's a huge scale to anything going on, even though there's, you know, they're searching for some ancient magic that your character can see. Um, it just doesn't feel like if they find it, are they going to destroy the world? You know, especially when you're used to something like Harry Potter, where this, you know, the scale is huge. Or even if you're, you know, fantastic beasts war going on, the scale is considered huge. It just feels so like some miscellaneous adventure going on. Um, and there's just other magic involved. And I, I would almost wish there was more stakes, maybe more like urgency, more like dread happening. Um, and maybe they, they limited some of that because they didn't want to ruin the Harry Potter mythos. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did feel. It does feel often like the story is just like okay. I mean, it's it's cool, um, but you know, like coming off of something like God of War, right? It's like you know, this is really doesn't have anything you know remotely. I mean, even like the last game I played, which was Sonic Frontiers, like the scale on that game, you know, it felt like you were doing epic things and fighting epic opponents, um, but not not really in this game. And maybe that a part of that is like the friendships that you form at Hogwarts, like it doesn't feel like you're a part of a developing story that's being talked about amongst the Hogwarts students. Mm -hmm. Um, And also like the friendships that I've developed so far in the game, I don't feel a, a deep connection to any of the characters. Like, Oh, I really like talking to this person or like doing stuff on the side with this person. So like the, I do kind of like Sebastian. Um, I don't know how far you've gotten into the story with Sebastian. He seems to have a bigger, like, we have to do this. Because I guess the, the, the whole thing about Sebastian is his sister is sick. Um, she's been cursed. And so, like, his story does feel like that's more interesting as a side. Okay. But, like, you know, when with Natty, Natty's big story, she's trying to, I can't remember his name, um, the one wizard guy that's like helping the bad goblin. Um, she's like investigating him. And none of that really feels like, like, Oh, I can't wait to talk to Natty. Um, <laughs> I think the only reason why I was super happy to do one of her quests was cause I got to finally write fly on the hippogriff. And I was like, Ooh, this is awesome. Oh, nice. Um, and I will say that flying is awesome in this game. So being able to fly around, the only thing that kind of sucks is, Again, kind of like these weird little buggy things I feel at times. Like the game's not like anywhere near what I'd call buggy. But like I get on my broom or I get on the hippogriff and I fly and you want like this swelling of music cuz you're going through the air, but mm-hmm. like it doesn't trigger half the time for me. So half the time it's just 
Oh, you're just hearing like, you know, like wind, wind noises blowing. Okay. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, like it's just like it's like okay, I don't feel like I like I want my my swelling orchestra music, and I want to be flying mm-hmm. around and be like Harry Potter, yeah. Right. But um, no, nah, I'm not getting any of that because it's just not triggering. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to see more of that. Um, I feel like that kind of has fallen behind. I think it's some right. sort of bug. Yeah, it's triggers sometimes, just not all the time. So I remember they were saying that they had a patch ready for Xbox and PC, but that the PlayStation had to be delayed to a little later. So I don't know if we did I get think that I, yet. We did get a patch recently. Okay. Because all right. My game had to restart. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, I don't know. Yeah. Um. One more thing is that the graphics mode in Hogwarts, like. 99% of the time I'll pick uh performance, you know, get the solid frame rates, but this time I'm actually doing the the ray tracing cuz it it uh it runs at 30 and I I feel like it's not too much of a hindrance of, of my experience, but like visually it's incredibly impressive like walking through Hogwarts and seeing all of the the lighting whether it's day or night and stuff and I I've been enjoying that that I think I've been doing on balanced. I always tend to pick balance because I'm like, I don't need super great, but mm. I don't need super bad. So as long as right. it's balanced, I'm pretty happy. Um, yeah, that's I'm, cool though. Maybe I should try changing it and see how it looks. Yeah, can't hurt. To, although you do have to do a reboot, so it's kind of like just a little bit of a time waste, but not too long. Well, I mean, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I I am looking forward to. Um, now that I got like the main hi-fi rush stuff out of the way, I, I do want to focus on on Hogwarts a bit more this week before Destiny 2's next expansion. Yeah, I mean, Hogwarts is very easy to dive into. Um, and again, it gives you a lot to do, you know, brewing potions and, you know, having animals and things like that. So um, growing plants, it's it's kind of a nice thing that you can kind of invest a lot of time into. I think... It would be cool if there was some sort of multiplayer mode, especially since, you know, everyone gets to customize their own wizard anyway. Um, that would have been a really nice thing to see, but maybe that's like a sequel thing they'll plan. Right. Um, I, I do know there's no DLC pan- planned at this point, which is a little disappointing, but at the same time, I'm not upset about that. Because it, it's one of those things where it's nice when DLC is planned, but at the same time, I'd rather they focus on making sure the game was great. Right. And then if it is great, let's look at DLC next. Mm-hmm. Right. So I agree. All right. And let's transition from games to anime. Uh, Amro, you saw the special airing of the Kaguya-sama movie, The First Kiss That Never Ends. Um, how, how do we want to do this from a spoiler, spoiler-free perspective? Because uh, well, I'll, I'll say for myself, <laughs> if you want to spoil, I'm, I'm okay with, mm-hmm. with that. I don't know how Steve feels. Okay. Well, this is to be fair. Let, let me just clarify. This is an original story, right? No. Oh, it's not. This is actually a continuation. Yep. It picks up right where the uh, oh, season yeah. three finale ends. I was thinking of Spy Family is the one that's doing the original stories. Yep. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I would say it's fine to spoil up to the end of the last season. Um, but I wouldn't get into too many in depths onto the movie because this is something I'm interested in seeing. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it pretty vague. Um, so uh, I'll say that as someone who read the manga and already knew kind of what was going to happen going in, 
but I still really enjoyed this part of the manga quite a bit um, because uh, Jero, did you finish the season season three? I did. Yeah. So uh, as, as we all know, <laughs> assuming the listener has, has finished season three, uh, that that the the big thing with that season was that it ended with a big romantic kiss and the the balloons going all over the place and him you know inviting her to go to Stanford with her uh, with him and uh and you know it's a great place to end the season but then like what happens after that <laughs> mm. and and the answer to that question is things get awkward uh especially since Kaguya uh you know realizes that the kiss that she gave uh to to Miyuki was was a very adult kiss that you kind of don't really do unless you're about to get down mm-hmm. <laughs> and dirty. So um the again to to not really spoil things like really really what the movie is about is is kind of dealing with the fallout of the kiss and um the couple which isn't really a couple yet, you know, because they, they never, they never actually confessed their feelings or decided that they were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Right. They just, they just had this big romantic moment and then left it off at that. So like the the movie is really about like settling what their relationship is now and, you know, dealing with the fallout of that. And, you know, as a result, we also get to see uh, a bunch of different sides of Kaguya and kind of like what makes her tick and, you know, what made her the person that she is today um in terms of side characters um our, our chica fans will be a little disappointed because she's barely in the movie um but you know you you get a little bit more with uh uh, uh um oh god what's his name you ishigami mm-hmm. and and miko Ino and um and his senpai who he uh accidentally comp- confessed to during the uh the the festival so uh, the one thing i will say that is that if you're looking for like closure on that stuff you're not going to get it um that happens later in the manga after like where the the movie leaves off so that that kind of has me hoping that if they like this could be a good place to end but you know the manga has already ended um completely right and there's still another like 13 volumes after where the movie leaves off so they they have lots of of um they have lots of story to cover and and the the one thing i i do like about kaguya sama as a series is that it's it it's big focus up until this point is getting you know the the two of them trying to get the other to confess to each other you know to humorous results but then they actually achieve that <laughs> and it keeps going you know like you would think that like oh that's the big draw to the manga like it would just end when you know like when one of them confesses or you know they they declare the love but but right it, it's not like it actually keeps going and uh i i just really hope that you know the movie does well enough that it entices them to you know do another season or you know if they're going to keep doing movies that'd be fine with me too um the one kind of criticism I saw going into the movie is that it didn't really feel like a theatrical movie. It really felt more just like a long episode. But, you know, to be fair, I think that that Kaguya Sama as a as an anime series has always had like a, a good enough production. Um and there's one there's one sequence in there that's like really fantastic animation wise. Um it involves running. That's all I'll say about that. Um 
so I, I don't think it was a bad production. I just think that it's it's also not like, you know, a Makoto Shinkai film or, or a cheaply movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much it's very much a uh, a TV anime, you know, brought to the big big screen. Um, think, um, if you saw the Bunny Girl Senpai movie, it's like that, basically. Um, but other than that, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I like I said on on Twitter after I saw the the movie, I really hope they keep making more of it. Um, obviously, if you're a fan of Kaguya-sama, you absolutely need to see this. Um, so yeah, I just I just hope that uh, eventually Crunchyroll will bring it to the uh, streaming service. So when it does, check it out. Just to be uh, clear about one thing, uh, what day did mm-hmm. this movie air? On Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs> you had awesome Valentine's Day plans. Yeah, uh, so I definitely totally went to see this Valentine's Day uh, romantic movie by myself. <laughs> <laughs> two, two cities away. <laughs> Imagine inviting your bro. Hey, man, on Valentine's Day, yeah. do you want to come and see this anime movie with me? Uh-huh. I, I definitely saw it with some lonely weeb next to me, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so... So you could hold hands and shared popcorn. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't was, look, was but some... it wasn't playing in Raleigh? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I, had to, I had to go to Concord to see it. Oh, damn. I, I looked, actually, because I was sitting there like, <laughs> if it was airing, I was contemplating, well, maybe I should just join him. And then I saw it wasn't airing in Raleigh. I was like, I don't know where this motherfucker's driving, but I ain't going there. <laughs> So, so I wasn't. I was originally planning on not seeing it, um, but I, I ended up in Greensboro uh, for a work thing on Tuesday, oh. and and that was like already halfway there. <laughs> so I took it as I took it as a side. I was like, well, I'll just I'll just drive the rest of the way to Concord and see the movie. Um, so I got out of the movie at like at nine thirty ish, and then had a two hour drive home. <laughs> wow. That's that's that sucks that it wasn't in Raleigh. Yeah. yeah. They usually show a lot of the uh anime movies here. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, it reminds me of the Tagagi san movie. Yeah, that one. I saw I saw that one in Concord Mills too. Oh yeah, yeah, I was hoping a lot uh of weaves in Concord. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh going off track a little bit like Raleighwood when that was around, that used to be the place that mm-hmm. you would go to see anime movies and I was kind of hoping for a bit that Alamo Draft House would be kind of like that around here. Yeah. Well, I, I know for, for like bigger, you know, anime movies like Dragon Ball and probably the next Makoto Shinkai movie, like those will get wider screenings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the the smaller, you know, streaming stuff, you're, you're probably going to have to just yeah, it's like wait a 50, for it to 50-50. To... <laughs> yeah, either yeah. or. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good in good to hear uh looking forward to when that comes out and our last subject we're going to talk about the last of us the hbo max series um while we're recording this um we've watched the first five episodes so uh Mm -hmm. uh the sixth is airing right now but or just finished a couple uh, about 10 minutes ago all right yeah okay we're we are we are showing great restraint and not, you know, recording this show and not watching that show, The Last yeah. of Us right now. <laughs> yeah, because um, it's been fantastic. It's been, um, you know, an- video game adaptations, very hard to come by in terms of quality. And this has mm-hmm. been absolutely knocking it, knocking it out of the park with 
the faithfulness to the adaptation and the, the minor changes in choices from a storytelling perspective, as far as like uh, episode three, for example, fleshing out um, Bill and uh, oh, what's the other guy's name? Frank. Frank. Yeah, fleshing out their storyline. You know, that's one of those things where you you see notes about it in that section of the video game, but they change things up and they do an entire episode on it and it's really well made. And the, uh, the show overall has been really impressive enough so that after the first episode, they were already saying, Oh, you know, we got millions of views and they've already renewed it for a season two. And who knows, maybe, uh, by the time the last of us HBO max is done, we, we might remember it more as a TV show than a game. (laughs) I saw. I saw. I don't. I, I imagine it was a meme, but it could. It could have just been someone playing around. But like they had a copy of uh, Last of Us Part One remastered, and they were like, "I hope this game actually manages to capture the the goodness of the show and not isn't just a quick cash in." Oh. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree that I think this in terms of video game adaptations, this has been really good. Um a lot of the changes made are fine with me. Um, I definitely would sit in the camp that the video game is better. Um, just simply because I don't feel there's, there's a couple of reasons why I, I think for one, I think the character uh, like in the video game, right? Pretty much it stars Ellie and Joel, right? Mm-hmm. And then you run into side characters I feel that the TV show far too often feels like it stars Ellie, Joel, and whomever the character of the week or two is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I do feel like that suffers a bit because so much of the game is so great um, because of the Ellie and Joel sentiment. And I do feel, and I'm going to throw this out there as a, I think for us who have played the video game, um, more than once, probably all of us. Um, you know, we definitely do enjoy some of those side character moments more. Being like, oh, hey, we get to learn about Bill. We get to learn about, you know, Frank and their relationship. We did not get any of that. And we're going to sit that on a pedestal being like, wow, that was cool. But I'm going to say, knowing two people who watching the show that did not play the game at all, they were not interested in that episode very much. And their biggest complaint was it felt like it took the steam out of the first two episodes. They were like, hey, I enjoyed the first two episodes, you know, all the the infected and the the, the kind of the tension. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the third episode, you know, there was like one person infected in the whole episode. And he was like caught in a trap. Right. Um, and there was like just just like 60 second attack on the territory area. And it, they just felt like it took like the momentum that the game or the, the the TV series had the first two episodes, and kind of just it just you know put it on cruise control. Then you know slowed it down a little bit. I guess not cruise control, but just slowed it down a little bit. So I do think from a TV show perspective, it's definitely not as crazy good as I think. Like I think as gamers, we are going to sit there and be like, "Damn, that was awesome!" And I do right. think at least from that perspective, from regular viewer points, it's not going to be hit as hard as some shows. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, me just echoing sentiments from someone 
talking to a couple people who are watching the series that never played the game. So, mm-hmm. I, I, personally speaking, I think it's been fantastic. I do somewhat agree with the idea, the feeling that the third episode did slow Steam down. But again, I kind of like, with Jero's point of view, I, I actually kind of enjoyed getting that Frank and Bill story that we didn't get in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and it, it was even changed up quite a lot because in the game, yeah. you know, it, it was Bill, like, had traps all around this town, mm-hmm. which he, he has in, in the game in a different manner um, that isn't as video gamey. But uh, yeah. you, you see that in the story, it was like we never saw Frank and he was bit and he hung himself in order to not. Because he got bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the the most recent episode with Henry and Sam, I thought was really good and, and mm-hmm. felt. Um, I think that that was my favorite overall because I felt it, it captured the spirit of what those characters went through. In the game, and it developed more of the the personal relationship between Joel and Ellie through seeing Henry and Sam and working together and in the fallout of that and and mm-hmm. I also love uh you know Bella Ramsey as Ellie, just like the the way that she portrays the character and you know once she gets that pun book and you know that joke about uh <laughs> diarrhea runs in your genes. <laughs> <laughs> I had heard I had literally heard that joke a couple days before I saw that episode. Ah. So I was dying. Uh, that's a good que- that's a good segue though. Um how how do you feel about I guess you've already kind of covered Bella Ramsey. How do you feel about Pedro Pascal as Joel? It definitely has a different flavor to him. Mhm. Yeah, I think he I think he's generally solid in the role. Um Yeah, I, I feel like I would like to see him harder. I think I think they might have softened Joel a little too much. Mm. I, I I think and maybe this is from a perspective of someone who definitely likes intense main characters. I think that was the thing that really drew me to Joel is because he he definitely felt like, especially early on in the game, he was a bad guy doing this because you know he was kind of roped into a situation and. Even though he was a bad guy, I'm using bad mm. guy in quotes, like, right. you know, he was a rough guy that didn't really want to be here, but he's doing this and he's taking on the responsibility of it. Um, and then, like, it feels like over time we do see him soften. But, like, even in the last mm. episode, um, it was either the last one or episode four, you know, we saw him smiling and cracking smiles and things. And it's like Joel cracking smiles felt like a Last of Us 2 thing, right? <laughs> like, uh, he might have smiled once in the, the mm. first game in like a heartfelt moment, but it definitely felt like they're really making him a little too soft. I don't hate it, mm. but I do feel like I would almost prefer him to be a little more gruff. But maybe that's one of those things, again, I'm getting as a perspective of a game player. I haven't really talked about that um, to people who haven't played the mm. game yet, because obviously mm. they wouldn't really have any <laughs> real uh, perspective on it. They might dig right. Joel as a character because they don't have that kind of more gruff kind of violent attitude that he has. And I know it does show through every now and then. Right. Um, like in like when he confronts those two guys or when he confronts the the ambush in episode four. Right. Um but I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's because there aren't as many gameplay moments 
mm-hmm. in the show as there are because in in the game there's so many combat scenarios where Joel can react to something and kill a lot of infected, True. a lot of military people that are looking for him. So maybe maybe that kind of takes the the edge off of him a little bit because he's not involved in as many combat situations which um i think is is generally good for show he's he's not a mass murderer (laughs) right yeah he's he's not nathan drake and and to be fair (laughs) and, and to be perfectly fair like what they're doing and how how they're kind of i feel like making the series a little more lighthearted, right Maybe that that'll really shine in season two, right? <laughs> when they have to adapt uh, the Last of Us Part Two, which was about as I want to slit my wrist as I can for a video game, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. just way way overly depressing and sad. Maybe they're like, let's make it because like even if you take like the Frank episode, right? The Frank and Bill episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like Frank and Bill in the video mm-hmm. game, that was a a big like damn moment like that sucks frank and bill even though it was like a tragic you know suicide pack kind of situation it still had this sense of like awesome like damn like you're you're great right like that was that was that was inspiring and that was so let such a lovely relationship ending you know mm-hmm. and it, it, again even though it was almost a depressing ending and I even tried to make it feel a little depressing it felt more inspirational than depressing i would say so uh, i don't know we'll have to wait and see how how more moments play out um but it'll be curious to see whether or not they take you know the problems with part 2 <laughs> and uh kind of improve upon them by uh because of the adaption of the TV show is so much uh, more more uh, lighthearted. So, well, and I, I use lighthearted in quotes because it's it's light for a post-apocalyptic right. <laughs> uh, the world is basically over situation. Um, <laughs> in that that scenario, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of Joel being a little bit softer, I think he he's been very gruff, and he pretty much just left. He pretty much just left Tess to die. I mean, like I, we knew she was already dead because she got dead, she got yeah. bit. But it, you know, he's just like, well, time to go. <laughs> um, and and I don't know. Like I I liked I liked the scene where he laughed at the joke because she had been, you know, Ellie has been trying to get him to soften up for a while at that point. And and then they even you know they even make the friends with uh, Henry and and Sam. And and we see how that ends, right? Like he let somebody in and it just hurt her again. And, and at that point, I feel like he, you know, he, any levity that he had at that point is just gone, right? Like he now sees, he sees Ellie as that thing he needs to protect now because he's already lost so many people at this point um, that, that Ellie has become the thing that he needs to protect. She's not just cargo anymore. Um, so I, I feel like next episode, where we're probably getting, we're probably going to see his brother. Um, oh, and, definitely seeing his brother. Mm-hmm. You saw the preview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, like I, I think he's going to be serious again. I, I think uh, when it comes to the game, kind of speaking toward mm-hmm. what you're you were talking about, I felt like that happened. That like moment of I need to protect her, 
it felt like that really happened when you, in the video game perspective, like, like I'd say the realization of that when mm -hmm. Ellie ran away and him and his brother kind of had a heart to heart. Right. And yeah. his brother kind of, you know, told him, Hey dude, you need to step up here. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that was almost the realization moment when he went to go, you know, meet up with Ellie and almost like in himself realized, you know, I need to, you know, this, I need to stop kind of thinking the worst, you know, thinking of my daughter. I need to, to protect Ellie for being Ellie and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. to me, maybe it just feels a little early. I don't know. Um, yeah. Mm. Well, I think, I think part of it is that, so, you know, the conversation he had with Henry about, you know, she's not your daughter, but you're somebody's daddy, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and like, I don't know that bonding moment where he saw how quickly, um, how quickly they lost the the boy, and I don't know. Like it, it, to me, it just it just seems like now he's like, okay, now he's gonna be he's gonna be more serious about protecting Ellie. But you know, all, all that said, I, I like how they expanded, um, you know, the stuff with the characters, like the the people who liberated the city and became just as mm -hmm. bad as their. Um, yeah, <laughs> their oppressors and and stuff. Um, I think that's a strength of the TV format is that they're they can actually, you know, focus on side characters. Um, mm -hmm. as opposed to you know in the show or the game, I mean, they're just like faceless grunts, and that's something that they kind of did a little bit with um with Last of Us Part Two, where they made it so that <laughs> all the uh, all the freaking uh, enemies you killed along the way, all they all had names and family. And, uh, yeah. No, Johnny! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get you for that! And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that. Anything else about the show? I think it's pretty cool that uh, the girl that voiced Marlene in the game is playing Esser on the show. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, any thoughts on the presentation of how the infection works as far as fungus versus like the, the spore oh. stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the mycelium network, I think, is it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. seeing seeing the uh, seeing the horde of mm -hmm. mushroom zombies like just uh, just twitching as the sun passes over their bodies but they're like it's like a wave uh, at a sports game <laughs> mm -hmm. uh that was really cool the clickers i thought were freaking amazing that whole sequence in the museum mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. they i can't believe that they got it so close and it was all done practically um and the bloater that showed up in in episode five was just like oh my god that was mm -hmm. that was just chef's kiss <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah they do present the enemies as uh, incredibly fearful, and uh, they mm -hmm. capture that well, and especially in episode two. Yeah, I definitely think that the uh, the idea of making it more of the mycelium network and less spore based makes so much more sense. So I think at the time we didn't really consider how illogical it is that you know Joel and Bill would be running through this spore stuff and just like, all right, I'm out. Let me take my mask off. There's no way there aren't spore particles on me I'm breathing in right now. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, right, right, right. 
So or that I, they would the spores would just settle into like one area. Yeah, they wouldn't be spreading by the wind or anything. And I I definitely think that was it made logical sense to change all that and I like the way they did it. I just would like to see them explore it more. Um because like you know, you had the cool moment of oh hey, you step on something and you cause them all to run at you, which is dope. But we never really got to see that in action too much. And I think I would love to see that more, like watching them get into moments where they do, you know, step on something, a whole bunch of horror attacks them or something. Maybe, maybe they'll say that for like a season two thing that maybe because it's so doing so well, they'll get a bigger budget. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like, kind of like a little bit restrained on budget here, which I can understand at times, you know, you got to make a show, but you also have to make it in a way that's not going to break the bank. Right. Um, so you, you have to wait for those big set pieces, like in episode five, where at the end they all bridge out. Um, but I would definitely love to see that explored more and kind of have these almost moments of sheer terror where you're going through an area. Cause like, again, you saw that in the, uh, very briefly in, in, in the, when they're in the museum, but that's like it, like, just imagine the sheer terror. Cause like, even if you walk through, uh, if you go through the video game, there are so many moments where you're like, you're creeping through this dark area and you're like, gotta be quiet. I gotta be slow. I don't want to run into these things. Um, and it does feel like that sh- just show hasn't quite taken advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So giving, giving you those more intense, like shit's about to happen or they have to be real, you know, quiet about it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that the show has done that more than just the episode of uh, them in the museum. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like you, you see the you see the big truck fall into the hole in episode five and then the, the infected come out of it. But you don't really see like, you know, how did the infected. You don't see that the same way in that episode as you did in episode two. I, I don't feel like there's the intensity is not there. Right. That that horror vibe, like when you're watching Alien. Right. And you're like, you know, something's coming out like this is like the trunk has fallen you know shit's about to go down. They're already in the shit, too, because there's a bunch of enemies surrounding them, right? So I, I want to see more of that, like, heartbeaty moments of, like, oh, something's going to happen. What is it? Because, like, so many, I think the best kind of horror shows and movies have that. They make you feel like, you, you know, a jump scare is going to happen at any time. And, you know, they're in real serious terror. It does feel like quite often they're just kind of <laughs> chill walking. <laughs> You know, like they're they're in the underground area and they're like, something bad could happen. And it's like, ah, no, nah, it look, it's pretty cool. Hmm. And they just casually go through Henry and all of them. Right. So, oh, well, yep. We got a few more episodes left of this season to, to check out. And uh, the hopefully, you know, after that episode ends, we can do like a full EXT talking about the series and, and yeah, all definitely. that. That'd be fun. All right. It so, definitely kind of talks to where season two could go to i want to right because because i think uh neil Druckmann was the one that said that um he he's like yes the last of us two could be adapted into multiple seasons so i think that would be kind of like an interesting idea of like where do you think they would adapt and how they would do certain things especially after certain events happen and how you would structure that so right mm-hmm. all right so thus concludes episode Free 31 of the Anavision podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on anavision.org. You can, uh, all the download stuff there, uh, Spotify, Discord, where we're most active, 
you can see Amro and Steve discussing their Marvel Snap cards. Uh, we should re- just rename the games <laughs> channel just Marvel Snap. Yeah. Or start a new For, one. Yeah, start a new Marvel Snap channel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so in the future, um, you guys think of any big stuff that's coming up? Hopefully some of the anime can get back in to consistent airing. Um, get a full view of Hogwarts at some point. There's a lot of stuff. There's Star Wars Jedi coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of video games this year. I was looking at a list and I was like, "Ooh, I want this. I want this." Um, so there's a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, definitely uh, new season stuff. We have a couple of topics we still want to discuss. Uh, Anime Blue sent us a couple ideas. Um, we were going to do in this episode, but then we're like, "Hey, we got a lot of stuff to talk." So hopefully, mm-hmm. we can get back into regular topics instead of just saying. Reviewing anime and video games that we've watched. <laughs> right, yeah. Played. Yeah, that, this is almost like kind of a getting caught up on what we're currently doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so for Steve and Amro, I'm Jero. We will see you next time on the Anavision Podcast. Believe it.